My name's Spookywin. And I'm Mange McCauldron. And welcome to This This Movie's Gay? Guys, that's right. You see the title and you're finally like, oh my god, they They're did it. They're finally talking about this. I'm so excited. You want to know what, Corwin, a year ago? I wouldn't have even said I was a novice at gay movies. I wouldn't, because I wasn't even in in the game. You've watched an entire years worth. whole ass gay movies. So, dead ass, I've watched the dead whole ass. ass. whole ass jock ass gay movies yeah because you get into it jock itch no 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 not when you have that (laughs) accutane i don't know what makes a jock guys stop talking about jocks i'm a goddamn nerd i've never needed a jock strap except when i was in taekwondo got up to green belt i don't know but you heard it here james is a green belt i wouldn't even say i'm an expert now but I know enough, and Freddy's Revenge is not a gay movie. However, I will be dissecting this movie today with my little claw fingers, as Freddy would, as if this were that's a gay not, movie. Uh, I don't feel like that's exactly lab certified. What? Oh, for dissection. Guys, dissect with whatever you got that's sharp. No. <laughs> if you no. file your fingernails, Don't, use the, your canines to dissect but something. Then you're, but then you're going to you're going to not have the scientific data you need because the tools that you're using are not sterile. So they're going to impart something onto the thing you're dissecting. All right, guys, take some water. Put a couple drops of bleach in it. And then swish it in your mouth. You guess what? You got a sterile mouth now. And then no, smooch your lover. Don't do that. Guys, and today I, I've realized what it looks like when two people actually kiss. Because our main characters, I think, on screen have the most realistic kissing. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Freddy's, Freddy's Revenge. Revenge. Ooh, and I've never seen this movie before. I've seen a lot of the... Maybe I haven't seen a lot of the Freddy movies because... I'm fairly 100% sure I've seen that. I think I've seen all the... I mean, not any most recent ones, but any that had come out by like early 2000s. I think I've seen them all. I think are all of them besides Freddy versus Jason. Well, and I've also seen Freddy versus Jason. So I'm pretty sure I've seen like all of them because my my family members, my aunt and uncle were obsessed with Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. So like they would make us watch it. This is probably why I'm not afraid of anything anymore because Uh-oh. I was terrified of those as a child sometimes, but it, now I'm just like cool this is why i'm afraid of everything or you want to know what there were never ghost movies that i watched you know paranormal activity stuff is fairly new and that's what i'm terrified of i'm not terrified of slasher movies uh except corwin will say otherwise because in this movie (laughs) i jumped so many times which james also physically moved from the chair so i was sitting on the couch james was sitting on a chair by himself and james physically moved over from the chair to the couch it was like i'm scared (laughs) Okay, the reason why I moved, though, is because... Probably a glare on the screen. Yes, the glare on the screen. But 
Did you feel more scared with me sitting next to you, knowing that I jump a lot? No. Okay, because... And that's why when you moved, I was like, it's okay. If if he shows up, I'll stab him in the eye with this pen. Yeah, and you guys, that's not going to help you kill Freddy. But I was I going... I will find a way, James. I will find a goddamn way. You already answered one of my questions, which was, have you ever seen any of these movies? Yeah. And... I don't think I've seen, I've seen the first one, now the second one, possibly like The Last Nightmare, whatever that one was called, and then Freddy versus Jason. I can tell you that I've probably seen them, but I recall absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, I, there's bits and pieces. Like, I remember Grady dying against the door. Like, that part, I remember. And I remember in the first one, the, where, I think it was where Johnny Depp's character gets murdered, where he, like, goes sliding up the wall and things like that. Yeah. I remember that. I remember in, I think it was in Dream Warriors, which I keep bringing up, where they're, like, fighting Freddy in the in the dream, and they, like, imagine themselves as, like, in armor. Oh, nice. Armor or something like that. I don't know. I would have chosen a mech suit. There's, like, little bits and pieces in my memory. As soon as I start watching one, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I got this. Uh, but... Yeah. Yeah. So Otherwise, I'm like, I don't remember. Because Friday the 13th and Halloween were always playing on AMC because they had days. Every Friday the 13th, all the Friday the 13th movies would play. And then on Halloween, all of the Halloween movies would play. But Nightmare on Elm Street didn't have a day to do this. So I've, I haven't seen a lot of them. And guys, this movie's fucking dope. <laughs> it does have a decent amount of queer subtext. I will say that. Um, before we get into that, James, do you want to do a quick rundown of the movie? Yes. So it's five years after the original Nightmare on Elm Street in that red doored house. You better believe someone moved in and they got that place dirt cheap. Oh, man. Unless you're using some of that extra nice soil for potting and plants. That shit's expensive, but I'm talking about going out into the woods after you've dug up a big old hole to drop someone in. But guess what? You're not laying that fresh dirt of Mother Nature, Mother Nature's blanket, as I call it, over that grave. It's dirt cheap, baby. That's the kind of dirt I'm talking about. (laughs) So they are just sleeping. We got this guy. His name's Jesse. Jesse's girl. Her name is Lisa, yeah. That's Jesse's girl. It's Lisa. They're friends, and it starts out in a bus, and the bus is going too fast, and it's wivy wobby. And Jesse seems like a a more snivelly in that. He seemed like uh, he seemed like a, like a more nerdy character, yeah, but and he's not like the yeah. Unless, unless the one being picked on, talking about that dance scene, and was Lisa in that dream? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I also was not paying enough attention to the actresses to remember anything that they looked like. I later. did notice right away that it is Robert England, not in yeah. makeup, yeah. as the bus driver. Ooh, I got a keen eye for that kind of shit, or should I say, sit? Because Jesse sounds like he says sit instead of shit, and I, I should be saying Jesse. Jesse! Jesse! Whenever we say Jesse's name, we're going to be screaming it like his papa does. So Jesse is running around and he is turning into Freddy. 
and he's killing his friends. He's killing his gym teacher who gets spanked on the butt. We'll talk more about that. And then Josh is just, uh, he's going crazy. We don't know what's in his mind, but actually we do inside. Josh mind is goddamn Fred Krueger. When do they start calling him Freddy? Uh, she called him Freddy at the, whenever she took him to the power plant. Okay. And then that's pretty much the, the gist of the movie. Yeah. And then, uh, Lisa uses the power of love to defeat Freddy. That's... Which I would like to talk. <laughs> I want to, I want to fast forward right to that scene. The last scene in the movie, pretty much. We're getting a lot of like gay subtext. We've people have told us this movie's super gay. The beginning is, but I'm watching this with a a metaphorical lens. Like this is supposed to be about homosexuality. Do you think Freddy is a metaphor for being closeted or toxic masculinity or do you think Freddy is a metaphor for being gay. I don't know if there was even any specific metaphor that they set out to to write with that. <coughs> like, no. I mean, there was context in the or subtext in the the lines themselves. Uh, him saying like, "Freddy's in, he's inside of me," and like all that stuff. But I don't know if they set out to have Freddy being, "Oh, this Freddy is." metaphorically, you know, this but other thing. Let's say we're watching it with that lens. In that final scene, he's like, Jesse's not here. I'm dead. He can't go back to you. Do you think that's him saying like, oh, no, I, I'm i a man? Or is it saying like, oh, no, Jesse can't go back to you because he's gay? I don't really think it's either of those. I think... Uh... I don't know. Corwin, I, the fans want us to watch this like it's a gay movie. I know, but I don't I know, think but there it's was. Not, I don't. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not. I don't think that they that it's written that way for him to be like, "Oh, Jesse's dead. He's not going back to you," because I don't. I don't know. But the the screenwriter, I think, or the director has retconned this and said no. But, it is gay. Like both of them flip flop. Yes, the, the, the one that's constant. been. That's been consistent saying that there was queer subtext and all of that was the the lead who was a queer man himself in Hollywood at that time, but wasn't necessarily out. And it sort of like messed with his career in a way, sort of. But he he basically after doing this movie, he he left. He was like, bye, I'm gone. Not anymore. But he was a gay man himself. And he said a lot of the changes and stuff during filming and a lot of like things that were happening during filming were super like queer subtext and things like that. But he it's also like the director and writer and all that are like, oh, well, we didn't know. And a lot of it seems to be like I can see this this specific thing being subtext for queer people but a straight person necessarily wouldn't see that. Yeah. So that's what it seems this film had a lot going on. I can definitely see why they say this film is very the queerest slasher film um, because of a lot of those like subtext, like the the coach and the what looks like a gay bar. Dom's uh, wearing, place. Yeah, Dom's place, wearing a leather outfit, and then his death being like literally tied up and then... Uh, whipped and that with towels and then slashed like that was very that was very like 
There was a lot of queer coding in that. Yeah. Which, as you learned on this podcast, that Judas Priest is the one they, the lead singer <laughs> is gay, and he brought that to the punk and the heavy metal scene of and like, like hey, Jesus guys. in the last movie being like, uh, JP, I'm going to have to call you back. Yeah. It was Judas Priest. So I don't know if you read this, but I think either Robert England or the lead. They wanted in a scene for... That first scene where he had him against the wall and was putting like his hand blades on his face. They wanted to put it in his mouth. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, the lead actor was told, no, don't, don't do that by his makeup artist, I think. And then he said no, so then they just kind of... He circled his mouth with it, which is still very... It was like very... There was a lot of sexual tension there. there that, that was there. So, especially with him, I don't know, Freddie trying to take over his mind and stuff like that, there was, it was definitely very homoerotic. Yeah. Um, in a way, um, with just how Freddie interacted with Jesse. Then we also have like the stereotypes of like Jesse being a scream queen and like all that stuff because Jesse's screams were phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The, in that first scene, I didn't know that Jesse was. So when we see that bus scene, we don't know who's having the dream. Yeah, we don't know who the main character is. So when it when we hear a scream, I thought it was a female scream. Amazing. Yeah. Very proud of him. Uh, guys, this movie's dope. And <laughs> it, especially for the second in a slasher franchise, this they they didn't follow the same format. They're like, no, Freddie is going to try and become another person. Yeah. And through that, which they revisit in Freddie versus Jason of making Jason be a pawn of Freddie in order for Freddie's name to be coming out, which I need to I need to bring something up. This is a classic bye bye man situation. And before people say, James, quit referencing bye bye man and slender man. Quit referencing Bye Bye Man. If you encounter a mythical fiend whose power is in people knowing their name, don't write their fucking name anywhere. Not on the internet, not in text. Definitely don't carve it into something that you can't easily etch out and don't write it in a fucking journal because someone will find it unless you're going to burn it right away. Actually, no, no, no. But because what happens if you are interrupted in the burning? Don't write people's name. Not the bye-bye man. Not Beetlejuice. Not Freddy Krueger. Not Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh, no, no, no. He's back. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Beetlejuice. I'm going to agree with James here, or uh, should nope. I, we say fangs, but not even goddamn, uh, or wait, no, you should write down, who was that guy when you say his name backwards? Rapunzel, you know, he had the golden wheels. Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. Write his name everywhere, guys, because he's trying to snatch up children. Yeah. Because you have to guess his name. Okay, you want to know what this is? You know when you see Facebook posts about like, hey, this person's a predator. Do not talk to them. Do not let them around your children. They're asking people for 16-year-olds to like send them pictures. Rumpelstiltskin would be canceled these days because his name would be everywhere. Like, hey, don't make deals with this dude. He's trying to take your firstborn daughter. Rumpelstiltskin's trying to groom people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin is a creep. Yes. Um. Anyway, Rumpelstiltskin. No. You don't need to say backwards, though, right? No. That's Spixisibsim from Batman, right? 
Or Superman? I have no idea. I don't know either. But anyway, you said don't write down Freddy's name. It didn't matter because Jesse was dreaming of Freddy before I, he found guess, the journal. Okay, and I guess because it's the f- second movie in the franchise, they're retcon- like, Freddy, unless you get like an inkling of Freddy somehow, he can't. He doesn't have enough power, but maybe that's that's why he's like, oh, there's enough like of my juice in this house. Yeah, I don't know. Also, the the lore that they give in Freddy vs. Jason is dope. Anyone who says that's a bad movie can eat my crabs. And not my STD crabs. I'm saying, uh, I know y'all are allergic to shellfish. Eat my crabs. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I don't think the journal matters because he was dreaming of uh, Freddy before. And... He was still sort of being taken over by Freddy before he found the journal. He found the glove, right? Didn't he find the glove first? Yeah. Which, don't... uh, The blanket wrapped around the cloth, I mean, wrapped around that... The gloves would have burnt up already. Unless it's magical cloth. So Freddy was putting that in the boiler when it was on, and then... When Jesse was awake? Or no, he slept again and went down and there was no fire there. And he pulled it out and it was the glove. And then he woke up and the glove was by him. Uh, there's a lot of dreaming and a lot of being awake that we're like, is it is he a, is he dreaming? Is I he awake? When he and was I feel dreaming like and when he was awake. That's a that's a very Freddy thing too. You're like, is it real? Is it not real? Uh, James is like, oh, it's real. When the bird was attacking the family and then blows up. And I'm like, how the fuck was that real? It's real. Oh, my God. Just like when Freddy jumps out into the pool party, that was all real. Yeah. There's there's a lot of more of Freddy interacting with the outside of the dream world. Also, I, I need to see the third one because how does Have Jesse... you seen the first one? Yeah, I've seen the first okay. one. How does Jesse get away? Like... Well, it just I, it's a new person after that, I think, because Je- the guy who played Jesse like left. Oh no no he no left no no! no. What I'm saying is, how does uh, it happens a lot in these slasher movies? How are there never follow ups? Like by the how does he get away with murdering murder? everyone? Yes. I no idea. He like literally jumps out of the room after Grady died. <laughs> Uh, which that was another homoerotic subtext scene where we have Jesse start making out with Lisa, his uh, romantic interest or whatever, and then he, uh, Freddie starts to take over and a tongue comes out a and then he has tongue. He That's what women away want. And it flashes over into the next scene, and the very next thing we see is him on top of Grady holding his mouth. Like what? Grady's in bed. That was some of more of that queer subtext there. And then even Grady had some lines that were like, oh, you're you're not sleeping with your girl. You're wanting to sleep with me or something yeah. like that. It was, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff like that. So you could see why the queer community would grab onto that, especially because this movie came out into in a time when it, it was a big deal to be gay yeah. in the sense like Hollywood. I mean, the, the lead actor himself, he came out in the theater, but when he was in Hollywood, like his managers, all those people urged him to be closeted and to bring a girl to like the premiere of stuff and like all this other stuff and to hide who he was. And that was at the height of the AIDS epidemic. And you had Hollywood doing this thing where they're like, 
ostracizing gay actors and and queer actresses and things like that like you know you you can't be yourself and then you you know you see stuff like this movie that came out where it had a lot of queer subtext so a lot of people um, got angry about it and a lot of people got you know happy about it that there was finally something there that they could see themselves as um, and I think that's why the director and writer or whatever whoever I don't remember which ones have like flip-flopped throughout the years because you know it was a not a good time in Hollywood to be gay yeah but they flip-flopped a, like they flip-flopped for years to the point where it's like yeah we were trying to do this and then it's like oh no absolutely not it's yeah, one of them weird. has flip-flopped. The other one has been like, oh, I can see it, but that's not what we were going for. Like, one of them was like, oh, I was just too focused on trying to do special effects and yeah. things like that. And it's like, uh, well, like, you, if your actor is saying this is what's happening, like, why are you telling him that he's wrong in a yeah. way? And that's, that is sort of what led to, I think, the lead leaving Hollywood and... Um, going out, leaving acting completely and doing his own thing for a while and sort of disappearing from Hollywood and uh, that spotlight was because of the flip-flopping from the director and writer and stuff. They kept saying that the queer subtext was all coming from him and how he played the character. Yeah. Um, because his only other major role was also playing a queer character. Which In what? It's some stage play okay. that got turned into a movie. Oh, I don't, okay. It's it's got a long name. Angels in America. No. The Birdcage. No, not at all. So you said you had a lot of thoughts and things that you like wrote down. Oh yeah, I actually the, I, this is a full pager. Go. Yeah. Go. Let's just go tell, through. Tell these. Me, and you said you did a lot of research and stuff too. Like talk about that. I think we because I, this we've is gone one of those, through all of it. This is definitely one of those movies where I've. Now that I've seen it again, after I'm not a child and I do have the more critical eye as far as um, subtext and things like that, I can definitely see the queer subtext there. I definitely wish we had someone else that was a here that was like a fan of the movie that was familiar with it so that they could talk about their experience with it. Um, but that's just not what happened. And yeah. that's fine. Because I feel like there's definitely stuff that I'm missing that I, if I watched it again, I would. I would catch. You know how people say like the rose covered, rose colored glasses or something like that. Yeah. When saying like, oh, you're looking at it like through nostalgia or whatever. Yeah. We should we should come up with a phrase like rainbow colored glasses to see things that like normal people wouldn't see, but if you're <laughs> you're able to see, I can subtext. pull queer subtext out yeah. of anything, James. You have those rainbow covered. I got lenses. The, I, they got the the rainbow tint on my eyes. Yeah, guys. So I'm just gonna go through my starred ones first. First of all, I said, did they just move because I had a bunch of stuff? And how is he? How does he know? But I guess like this is the second movie. They don't have the lore slapped down yet. Do you want to know the other movie? Yeah. It's Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. That's a long-ass title, guys. <laughs> you, people do I marquees. think he was in it with Cher is, is the thing. That also, you would need to buy more letters if you have a marquee back then. He's in it with Cher and Kathy Bates. So we talked a little bit about me being scared. I was scared by, I, I was spooked by the sting so it goes down to see Freddy's glove on the ground the first time we see it. And it was already in frame, not completely in frame, but you could see it. <laughs> then it, once it gets fully centered into frame, it goes, ding, ding, and I jumped at that. <laughs> Don't know why. 
Yeah, it was funny. Nicole hates watching scary movies with me because she's normally like, oh, I'm fine with watching scary movies, but when I'm added into it, I'm constantly jumping. I feel like that's great to watch. It it makes me see what normal people would react to <laughs> because I definitely would have reacted to nothing. The only thing I really reacted to in this movie was when his hand was like coming apart. I was like, oh, ew, yeah. gross. Which I want to get into It that. wasn't even, none of it was, no, it was like, oh, scary, spooky. It was all just, ew, that's gross. Should we add startle into your firmware update? Um, I feel like that updates just, it. the the writer for that update, the programmer is just, it's it's out of date. He's not, he's not around anymore. Or it's just way too complicated. It's way too complicated. They were like, we tried to give you human feelings, but then we stopped at startle because then you would just accidentally murder everyone. Yeah. So kind of got to not put that there. Guys, remember, Corwin's a robot. Robot. We also see back in this, even in this time, and I guess like even still today, people have the same mentality of mental illness. Yeah. Uh, this this movie's huge on that of he's clearly going through something. If you think someone's going crazy, even himself had that veil of, oh, therapy, psychiatry is bad. Like, I don't need that. Well, even I mean, not even that. Like, that was one of the things that I I, I think I wrote it down where he said the mom was like, we can help you or whatever. Or she said, something's bothering you. And he just said, I've got to work it out on my own. And I don't know, that feels, I know that it's not intentionally a queer thing, but that is definitely a a thing that is very, that happens among queer youth as well. Oh yeah. Like it's a lot of, you know, especially nowadays or not nowadays, nowadays is a little better, but before, when you have less queer representation in media and things like that, when you have someone that's feeling queer and you don't have that representation and all you have are other people saying that it's not okay and it's wrong. And you even have, you know, these horror movies, which yes, there is representation, but they're seen as like the villain and the monster and things like that. Then it really sets you up in a place where you can repress, where you start to repress these things and where you start to like, feel like something's wrong with you. And it's, it definitely feels like something that you've got to work out on your own, which thankfully nowadays there's more representation that's more positive and there's also a lot more lifelines out there as far as help goes. Um, there's LGBTQ centers everywhere and there's hotlines and uh, websites and things like that that have uh, counselors and help. There's like Trevor Project. There's a lot of charities and stuff that are focused on helping LGBTQ youth that weren't around at the time. Yeah. So yeah, that something's bothering you. It's something I've got to work out on my own. It's that was one of the lines that I wrote down. I was like, that's very queer. And Corwin, I'm going to take off my prescription glasses right now. Okay. And put on my rainbow colored glasses. Rainbow. So with you even saying that it makes a lot of sense that even more people are seeing the What's his face? I'm going to dissect the Dom's place to the murder of the coach. Schneider. Okay. You think you are gay. You are main character. Let me, instead of saying you, because it might think I'm talking to the audience or talking to Corwin. Our main character thinks he's gay. He goes to Dom's place in the middle of the night and then sees someone who, yes, he's being punished. Let's throw that out. It's someone he knows and is like, oh, my God, 
you are gay as well. Let's do this. He then has his first sexual gay experience and then feels mortified by it. He sees it as if he just murdered something like it's that horrific. And to the point where he is found walking by himself naked. Oh, I just hit the mic naked during the rain time alone of like, fuck, I just did something terribly wrong. And then to the point where, which I do, I want to like get further into the, uh, like the mental illness thing of how this movie portrays it of, because I wanted to bring up the police tell his parents to keep him on a short leash. Like he's clearly going through something, but maybe this movie can be seen as one huge allegory for the gay experience metaphor yes it can also a metaphor is an allegory but in a story way right no i don't know yeah i think an allegory is just a story metaphor are you googling it <laughs> i need to google that what if the definition is story metaphor i, I hope it is story meta but i'm I something about that sounds wrong to me. No, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure an allegory is just an a, an allegorical tale. I think it would be defined as a story in which metaphors are used to teach a lesson. Yeah, it's a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. Yeah, which is also a, like veiled through metaphors. Yeah. Uh, you want to know what I'm going to retcon this? It's, it's not a metaphor, a it's a simile. <laughs> like her ass. Yeah, baby. Um, I the So Jesse's clearly going through something. The mother is the mother is trying to be supportive and trying to be like, you know, let's get you some help, all that. Jesse's like, I got to figure it out on my own. The dad is like, the dad. Jesse! The dad is like, Jesse! And also saying he needs a good kick in the butt. Or a methadone clinic. I'm like, a methadone clinic would be a version of help, sir. So you can acknowledge that maybe he's on drugs, but you can't acknowledge that maybe he needs uh, therapy of some kind, uh, which we're saying therapy in not therapy at that time, but therapy in this time where we're trying to help him come to terms with being gay, if that's what we're establishing the character as. Not let's repress this feeling more. Oh, no, no. Wait, was yeah. therapy back then to repress things? Well, more? I mean, there was still like there are still therapists from that were around that time that would treated homosexuality as a disease. Oh, okay, you're saying as yeah. uh, homosexuality instead of as like therapy in general. I was like, holy shit, they were just saying you got to repress that, and then it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you shouldn't then be going to a therapist. <laughs> Uh, bad times, bad times. All this right, movie let's... also came out in the height of the AIDS epidemic, so that was bad times. Yeah. Corwin, who made the Freddy song, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you? Was... I don't know. It's always a little girl jumping rope singing it, though. But And my thing about that is, was this song made pre or post Freddy's death? Was this a thing kids sang? It was, it was probably post Freddy's death. Um, I mean, I... God, but I haven't I don't seen the think... first one in so many years. I think it was in the first one, too. It was. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was, like, started because Freddy was, what was he, a child? Murderer Mur and yeah. molester. Yeah. And he was burned alive yes. uh, in his house. Because my thing is, I think Freddy, I think it's only in Freddy's dreams. Oh, yeah. I, I mean. Because, which means Freddy wrote this song. <laughs> You could say that Freddie wrote... Well, 
so it's always children. They're always, but it's always, it's not children that like Freddy's controlling or anything like that. Um, and it's always sort of a warning to the protagonist. And I think that's a way to make them scared. It's never in the waking world that song is playing, is it? I think it was in the waking world in the first one, though. No, I think it was. Okay, let's say it was in the waking world. I don't remember. I, I haven't seen them in years. I, I don't so. think it can be because everyone completely buried the history of Freddy, which I'm. it's crazy that they were able to find news reports about this. Because even, let's flash forward to Freddy versus Jason, they completely erase him from history. Yeah, but was that happen? did that happen in a later movie, though? I don't know. Because I don't think it happened in the first one. Okay, that might just be lore in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know enough Nightmare on M Street lore. Because if I've he wrote seen it... them, but <laughs> I was young. Say what you will about him. He makes great music, but hey... Musicians can be canceled as well. Canceled. That musician, he gets canceled. Let me get to another starred one. We did see Stay Up. That was a stay awake pill that he was making. Yeah. But from far away, it looked like STR. <laughs> STR up. up. Strength up. Yeah, we get thought strength it. up. That's some, some Final Fantasy stuff. Yeah. We were also talking about, hey, he goes to a boiler room. And then I said, ooh, you want to know where I want to go to a broiler room? Wasn't because... the boiler room in the first one in, like, the school, though? Yeah, it was. I, I, I'm also confusing this with Heather's because there's a boiler room in Heather's where they was trying to explode the school. But I thought the boiler room in the first one was also, like, in the school. Yeah, I also thought a boiler room was in his house. Well, there's a boiler in the house. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. But the house that Freddie was originally with was burned down. I, I and think the we, house that they moved into was the house of the previous yeah. final girl. I think we only assume the boiler is in the school is because we when they fall asleep in school, they then see the boiler room. Yeah. So maybe they like, hey, let's put some lore on this. He worked in this boiler room. He worked in this power plant. And this is the boiler room in the power plant. So then we started talking about broilers and figuring out like the only I the only James thing had I've no ever seen there was the only thing I've ever seen be made in a broiler are pigs in a blanket. How? And pizza bagels. And I then, can see pizza bagels, not frozen pizza bagels, but like actually taking a bagel, cutting oh. it in half putting marinara cheese and pepperoni on it and then putting it under the broiler because that's I don't know if you've heard of a uh, is it a salamander in a restaurant where it's got the the hot top and it's just lowered and it like crisps up everything on top. I hear if you a, cut off that salamander's tail, it grows back. Yeah, mystical because salamander is like a real thing, but it's also like a mystical beast. Yeah, amazing. It's also an oven, I hear. Well, it's a part, so it like comes down, but like a broiler, so gas ovens, like my oven itself. Uh, the way the broiler works. So when you turn on the oven, you can see at the bottom, you see it's all lit up uh, yeah. and through the holes, you're like, oh, the oven's on. It's got this gas thing burning. Well, the broiler itself is the thing below where the I, I mean, I know what a broiler is. is. Yeah. And it's most people just use it because it's a it's a high temp. It's always like 500 degrees or whatever. Ooh. And uh, it is basically just going to cook the top of your food. It's not going to cook all the way down. It'll heat it up. But it's nice for, like, if you're going to make a creme brulee. Like, yeah, a creme brulee. Great, nice. great, great uh, thing. You can put it on there. You can also do a creme brulee in, like, Baked an Alaska. Oven. 
no, baked, <laughs> baked Alaska is meringue. Uh, that would not really. It would melt. Um, I mean, you, you Flame would, broil. you would use a, you would use like a torch, typically. I'd use a broiler, um, guys. <laughs> but I, I have something to say. Okay. Because I don't know what, and I was saying, let's just quit putting broilers at the bottom of the oven. No, you because need it. I don't think they're needed. You need it. I want to know from our fans. Let's do a hashtag broiler room. Let us know what you use for the broiler. Well, if you're making like a lasagna, I don't. No, or don't. You're I, making I, like I, you're, you're influencing making, our listeners because I cook, James, and I use I, I a broiler. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from our <laughs> listeners. Okay, tell me one thing you use with a broiler. I told you during the when we were watching the movie, I've made mac and cheese, baked mac and cheese, and if you put like crumblies on top, you can put it in the broiler and make it all crisp up. Okay, especially if you throw on some cheese. I actually made pizza bagels in my broiler like two weeks ago. I want to know what you guys are making. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to It Takes Two to Toku. That's It Takes, the number two to Toku. They just watched this movie for the first time and I didn't want to spoil like, oh, hey, guess what? In a couple weeks, you'll be seeing this on the pod. Just want to give a shout out to them and let us know what you thought of the movie. We really would like an open discussion about it. DM me like... They they have my email. They have my messenger on Facebook. Or just tweet it at us so that I can read it, too. Well, I was going to then read it on the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, just, like, tell us your take on the queer subtext in this movie and everything, because a lot of you wanted us to watch this because of that queerness about it. So what were your takes on it? I do wish we had a guest that with us today that um, had experience with this movie and loved this movie, but... That's not how it worked out. The cookie didn't crumble that way, so it's fine. But, um, yeah, so tell us tell us your thoughts and things. Yeah, guys, let us know. How far are we in this 42? 42. 42. Ooh, so, ooh, ooh. But we spent a long time doing the, <laughs> the opening. No, we spent a minute and a half. I had bus drive to hell in the beginning. That was That was fun. They were letting people off, and then they stopped letting people off. God, like, they did oh, not need to yeah. see that many people be let off, guys. So many people let off. And then they were tilting and turning, baby. The daughter was like, why can't Jesse wake up like everyone else? And the parents are just like, I don't know. That is, uh, see, that's another <laughs> fucked up thing to say. Like, oh, yeah, our our son has night terrors. We're not going to deal we're with it. We're not doing anything about it. Uh, I also wrote, I can't, we see, Jay, we see Jesse just covered in sweat, like mostly no clothes on. He just has on some tidy whities. That's what the movie gave you the first scene. They were yeah. like, they were like, we're going to, in the first movie, we're going to have Johnny Depp with just a crop top, and we're going to show that off. And then this movie, we're going to have this uh, this, this dude here. It's, our final boys are going to be cute, and they're going to be naked. That's what's Ooh. happening. Also, this movie reminded me, because, you know, like they're trying to simulate a bo- bo- bro- boiler room, it reminded me a lot of the TV show Dexter. Have you seen that show? I've seen I've seen uh, like most of the first season I think because it's filmed in Miami it is a sweaty ass show <laughs> everyone is sweaty Every, Jesse is so sweaty throughout this movie Jesse is constantly sweating he's constantly waking up sweating he's constantly just covered in sweat Wait who is Jesse who Jesse you mean Jesse 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 uh awful so, yeah, uh, we also, we completely missed it when they were playing uh, baseball and stuff and 
the oh, I think yeah. was it Grady and yes. Jesse got in a fight and and uh one of them had their pants pulled down and uh, they were just, Grady pulls down Jesse's Jesse's pants and, and then just jockstrap is there. Then like, Jesse oh, okay. starts trying to do like a hockey shirt pullover, but it's just like showing us his abs. Yeah. That was and I mean jockstraps are also back. I mean they're a sporting thing, but the only context I have for them is that uh a lot of Gay men love jock straps. That's my only context for jock straps. I only know jock straps with a cup in them, and my, I, it just reminds me of like my brother and I kicking each other with with cups on. Because <laughs> we were in Taekwondo. So why was Jesse wearing scrubs? Yes, Jesse was wearing some dirty ass scrubs as pajamas. Also, whenever that first scene, the main like queer subtext thing where Freddie's starting to try to take over Jesse Jesse's body saying oh you're the body I'm the brains uh things like that Jesse's like dad or whatever and Freddie's just like daddy can't help you now I thought he said something like I'm daddy now <laughs> that's I guess I threw I you, threw on my you're just like you're you're rose tinted uh headphones. headphones that's what I was gonna say too <laughs> Uh, not Rose. Uh, rainbow, rainbow tinted, rainbow tinted headphones. That's what James wears. Oh, we do also watch every movie with headphones. We on. said, "Where did the snake come from? Where the fuck did that snake yeah, come also, from?" Also, like that. Okay, the the adults in this are <laughs> fucking idiots. You're going to say like, "Oh yeah, this kid who is clearly sleeping in my class, screaming." With a snake around him, how did that snake get around him? Also, I want to point out, lightning hit the dishes, and <laughs> nothing yeah. nothing came out of that. They were just like, all right, we're going to hit these dishes with the lightning. Wait, I, was he dreaming? No. That's when he ended up walking out and going to Dom's place. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's saying, like, the lightning crashes, and that's when Freddy goes inside of him. I, I don't know. I well, he went to Dom's place to to take a load off and get a beer. To dump a load out, you mean? Oh my God, James, that's ooh, obscene! Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you you want to know what? A year ago, I would have never made those jokes around Corwin because I was like, Corwin's like a classy man. I'm so classy. Don't you dare say otherwise. I mean, like a white collar comedy guy. <laughs> oh. Guys, the but one of my favorite comedy specials is the Blue Collar Comedy Tour Rides Again. No, I'm kidding. The first one, the first Blue Collar Comedy Tour, two thumbs up to that. One summer I watched that so many times. I don't, I cannot tell you what that is. You got tater salad. You got covered in moles. You got the sign, man. And you better believe uh, one of them's got a nipple bit off by a raccoon. Let's okay. get on. That might be rides again, though. I don't know. All right. My last note is literally goes from making out with Lisa to holding Grady's mouth on and top of when him. I, I, when he has that. <laughs> I, I literally stopped writing. I was like, all right. Okay. That's what this movie is. When he has that long ass tongue coming out of him and he scoops it back in. That's what women want, guys. They want a thick-ass, big-ass tongue like oh, a Gene Simmons. I also, I do want to say that my favorite character was the guy at the pool party that when Freddy's, like, killing everyone, and he just, like, everyone's scared in the corner, he just walks up, and he's like, it's like, it's okay. We're not going to hurt you. We we won't hurt you. Like, favorite character. 
Yeah, man. But just... hands down, loved loved it. Loved that journey. Loved that choice. I wish he would have been like, yeah, man, just sit back, relax. We'll give you a brew dog. But Rock. he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like that kind of character, though. He was like sympathetic. He's like, I want to help you. Like, yeah, I, but Corwin, you gotta like, let me paint the wanna, scene more. Wanna, he's like, oh no. Well, you're painting him as like sit back. He's like, no, I wanna, I wanna give you a hug, and it'll be okay. Yes, but. To set someone up to be comfortable. Hey, man, Rocky's over there making some dogs, you know? You're making him too, you're making him too, like, laid back. He wasn't laid back. He's like, I'm scared as shit, but I'm going to be like, we're not going to hurt you. What do you want? He wants a goddamn brew dog and a hot dog. uh, And then Freddy goes up to, I don't know, he says something. He says something stupid. Holy shit. And then, and then he goes to slash him, but he doesn't slash him. And then he just like sort of tosses him off to the side, into, so that into the table, so the no, table flips over. No, he threw him into the the grill, and then a big old, which I think it was a propane grill that was like attached to a pipe, because then the propane starts shooting out fire. Oh well, whatever he no he got. I thought he got thrown onto the table where the grill like beside the grill. No, and, I th- I but, he hit both. But whatever that character is fine. That character lives. Oh, he's lives. He's Fingers alive. crossed. He's living his best life. It's our life. head cannon. He was trying to to help. He saw this burned ass man with these big old claws and he's like, whoa, dude, we're here to help. Which at that time, the claws weren't even like a glove. They were it was coming, like coming out of ugh, his skin. Disgusting. And you disgusting. can see like, w- brown pus developing around them. The, the special effects in this were fantastic. But let me get into quick one thing before I get into more of I mean, my notes are my notes are done, so do what you want. You've heard of brew dogs. You've heard of hot dogs. This movie had hot brew dogs so hot they were steaming out, popped right out of the friggin' part. The mouth of the can? Yeah, that's what they call it. But... <laughs> the, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? The best special effects in this was when, before Grady gets murdered, we see Freddy Krueger, like, crawl out of Jesse's body. It was disgusting and amazing. Disgusting. It's great, guys. Let me just go through. I might... Uh, I just wrote down, this movie's dope. Corwin kept saying that Lisa was, or Jesse was Lisa's gay best friend. GBF. And, and then I said, ooh, man, I want a BFG, a big fucking giant. Then Corwin said, I'm pretty sure that means friendly. And I was like, that makes sense. Why? <laughs> it is a kid's movie. I said, the F stands for friendly, James. Yeah, guys, I have always thought that was just big fucking giant and didn't understand why this was a kid's movie. We have the dance scene montage when he's cleaning up his room and you said that was very gay. Yeah, I forget what was what was what was playing. There was something and I was like, I could hear this playing at one of the gay bars that I go to. And he has this like. It's like a ball, you know, uh, like you try to get the cup in the ball and it's on a string. He had one of those, but it was like a popper thing. And he was like kind of stroking it like it, it's his penis. Then when he also backed up into his dresser and used his butt to close the drawer. It was nice, guys. And then when Lisa comes in, he looks at her and it just pops off. He's like, oh, no, he got caught. Guys, don't get caught with your dick in your hand. But it it also like the the music itself wasn't it wasn't like something that you would expect the gruff stereotypical jock male protagonist to be listening to. Yeah. And then I think I just have two more notes. One, they were talking about an AC unit 
And the dad says, we don't need a new one. That old one just needs a shot of Freon. And you better believe. Shot of Freon. That's what all my friends in high school were all about. Taking a shot of Freon. That sounds dangerous. It is. It is. So don't do it, listeners. And then one last note. Corwin was just, I listed off everything you said while talking about the coach. Well, the, all the paranormal things were happening, and I was like, "This guy's just not reacting to anything." If I if I were to see this thing, oh, I don't even want to say it. Oh, I was uh, for real. I'm very afraid that I myself am haunted and ghosts are trying to come out of me. So I'm not even going to bring it up. If anything ghost related happens, if anything moves that shouldn't be happening, I would freak the fuck out. And Corwin was like. All of this stuff is happening. This guy's balls from sports wares are flying <laughs> off his shelves. Everything from his desk is flying everywhere. And Corwin's like, I love this. He's chewing gum. He's apathetic. He's in full leather during all of this ghost shit. <laughs> he was just, I was like, this stoic ass dude is just not reacting at all. He's just like, all right, I'm getting knocked around. I'm going to lock this cabinet up. And then he got hit by the jump rope, which he took out for some... Why did he take the jump rope out? The only person that was there, he brought Jesse to the high school and had him running laps and then go and take a shower. And then he brought ropes out of his office. I thought he was going to whip Jesse with That was weird. Yeah, I don't Um, know. But he ended up dying. But it was also, like, the, the main part about that thing. So that was... So Dom's place, and he's wearing leather, and um, then he's tied up. I yeah there's a lot there but also the whole time it was in the shower he specifically got tied up in the shower where Jesse was and Jesse was watching the whole time that is what that's what adds that that queerness to that scene is yeah and then it becomes steamy and out from the fog where Jesse was out walks Freddy and then it's Jesse with the clawed hand he's like no I just murdered my coach one glass thing, Corwin. One glass I, thing? Yeah, one glass thing. One, one glass, glass thing. thing. George Washington is coming home. I've lived in Michigan. I've lived in Illinois. <laughs> Springwood is in Ohio. That's where it's supposed to be. I believe like the flora of these two states I've lived in is very much like Ohio. I've been to Sandusky, Ohio. For Cedar Point, not a damn time I've seen a a fucking desert wasteland or any palm trees. I know this to was be filmed. fair. To be fair, um, the desert wasteland happened during the dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. To be but, fair, to be fair, the there were palm trees though. Yeah, God, so. Lisa's house was so good. If you have a if you have a house that great as a high school student, you don't need to leave. You don't need to have parties. Everything you need is there. I also, I I pointed it out during the movie when the parents went to bed and as soon as they turned off the lights, the kids were all like, yeah, time yeah. to party. And they started screaming and they changed the music and they brought out the beers and all that stuff. I'm like, they just turned off the lights. They're not going to be asleep yet. Yeah. Um. And then it did flash over to the parents and they're like, what are those crazy kids doing? Yeah. Lisa's house is a household with gushers, and that means... <laughs> She's got the good snacks. Yeah. If you have gushers in your house, either you are an adult without kids, or you're living the high life rich as hell. 
But anyway, if you watched this movie and you liked it, um, why don't you just watch Hellbent? It's got real gay people in it. Yeah. And Corwin, would you recommend the movie? Eh, I mean, it is a cult classic, I guess. So if you like that sort of thing, sure. As a slasher movie, it's fucking dope. As a sequel to a slasher franchise, it's amazing. I was expecting it to be campy and it's not. I mean, it is campy in a way. When? I mean, it's campy in the the content. It's like culty, I guess, in what people like. Yeah, but it's it's serious. Yeah. But uh, unless you want to say like, oh, someone's getting whipped with in the butt. That's someone's only, getting whipped with towels. Someone's but getting it's not done in a campy way with uh, jump ropes. I think I this know. is a very serious movie, and I I loved it. Go watch it. It's a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine on 2.99. Amazon. Uh, Corwin, what you got to plug? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We've just posted. The recreation of the poster from the last movie we saw, so that was fun. Yeah, um, with Warren with Duncan. Warren. Um, so yeah, follow us Instagram, Twitter at this movie's gay. Also follow my theater company's uh, Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, info is in the description. They also have a show coming up in January. Uh, so if you want to see that, go get tickets. It's going to be a good show. And also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff at Core Winning. It's just my name with ing at the end. Also, James, I believe you had things. Yes, in I the did. Plugs. You better believe I actually remembered. Amazing. We're coming up on our year episode fifty-two. Corwin, it's insane. Fifty-two. I've put out like a hundred and fifty podcasts this podcasts. year. Episodes, not single pod. Oh, that'd be God. Bonkers. That means I've been in almost a third of them. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, a little more than a third because you've guessed it on other shows. Yes. So we would like to know either your top three, your top five of the movies we've done. If you've never seen any of the movies, that's fine. Just let us know based on the episode. Like, oh, I really loved this episode. Just tell us that's your favorite one. Let us know on either Twitter or Instagram at This Movie's Gay, and we'll talk about it on the show. We'll do a little fan section. Yes, yes, fan section. Yeah, because on... On Mostly Speaking Sentai, we read fan questions. We, we, for our. My question is are we going to do this on the 52nd episode or on the 53rd? The 52nd. Okay. And I think I know what movie we're doing for that, baby. Oh, we're going to do a movie too? I think we should. Oh my God. There's so much planning we can do. Unless we get flooded by questions. (laughs) Well, remember, we also have to choose our, our top movies as well. If we're doing our top 50, not then, top 50, then the we're not thing. doing a movie. If we're just doing our top five, th- we should still do top 10. Ten. All right, then maybe maybe our 52nd episode, we won't do a movie. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a short episode of something. Yeah. We can do an episode of Shit's Greek. That w- Love that show. But that's a show I actually do want to watch. Watch. We don't know, guys. Hey, let us know. You have a few weeks. Let us know. Give us some suggestions. We're open to audience participation. Corwin, I think it's probably been a year since our first. We recorded our first. Oh yeah, we recorded our. Well, we recorded our first episode like sometime, sometime in October. So it's it's been about that time. I was about to check, but I forgot that I. All the episodes before like thirty, I have saved on a different yeah, uh, yeah hard drive on a, an, external. an external jinx. I've been external. You can't talk, man. I jinxed you. 
I've been Mange McCauldron. I've been Spooky Win. Bye. Bye. Damn, that was good, guys. <laughs> oh, and a happy Halloween. Oh, oh, hold on. Let me let me do a, a fun, uh, a, a scary laugh for them okay. for Halloween. Get, I'm going to move the mic away because I'm very loud. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. This has been a Marshland Media production, produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit mlmpod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to patreon.com forward slash mlmpod and sign up today.